This edition of The Standard is brought to you by the AXA Startup Angel Competition. I'm Sharma Dean Reed, founder and CEO of The Stack World, and I'm here to help you turn your business dream into reality. There are six chances to win the competition, including two top prizes of £25,000, mentoring from myself and leading UK founders, plus business insurance for a year, thanks to AXA. Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June, 2024. Good luck. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm John Weeks, and this is The Leader. In less than two days' time, the red briefcase will make an appearance as Jeremy Hunt prepares to announce his first significant economic plan for the country, the Autumn Statement. We are going to see uh, everyone paying more tax, we're going to see spending cuts, but we'll make sure that we protect the most vulnerable, uh, and in particular deal with the single biggest worry for people on low incomes, which is the rising cost of their weekly shop and rising energy prices. On the BBC's Sunday with Laura Koonsberg programme, the Chancellor gave a clue as to what he's focusing on. On the agenda for the medium-term fiscal plan will be things like the energy price cap, which as it stands is due to end in April, as well as changes to business rates and benefits payments, and a possible windfall tax rise. But the Chancellor is facing quite the balancing act, supporting people through the start of a recession, while also plugging the £55 billion black hole in public finances. Earlier this month, it was reported that Mr Hunt is looking to do that through a combination of tax rises and public spending cuts. But what areas exactly will the Chancellor target to make these savings? Joining me now is the Evening Standard's Deputy Political Editor, David Bond. So, David, the only real concrete thing we've heard from the Chancellor about this autumn statement is that everyone will be paying more tax. Have we had any other clues as to what taxes he might target specifically? Ever since the date for the autumn statement was really pushed back after Rishi Sunak became Prime Minister, there's just been this very, very long process of preparing the ground, rolling the pitch, as they say at Westminster, to get everyone ready for for what might be coming. Now, we've seen story after story briefed out to the papers on what might be coming. Some of it might have been to test the ground on more contentious measures. Others may have been just to see how some of the things that they have to do play out. But the, the message from Jeremy Hunt has been persistent. It's going to be to use his phrase, eye-wateringly difficult. And he's not shied away from that. Rishi Sunak was saying much the same thing uh, on his way over to the G20 in Bali over the last 24 hours or so. So no one can be in any doubt that it's going to make for some quite uncomfortable listening on Thursday. Of course, everything that we're going to go on and talk about in a sec needs to be caveated by the possibility that come Thursday, there may be some late change or it isn't in there. But certainly the 
the sort of stories that have emerged over the last couple of weeks all look pretty well briefed by Treasury sources to me. So I think we can expect some of the main ones which keep coming up to, to be in there when Jeremy Hunt stands up in the House on Thursday. And this budget will impact everyone. I think everyone will be keeping an ear out for what's to come because of the situation we're in. Certainly energy, I imagine, will be high on the agenda with the price cap at the moment ending in April. Surely there's going to be some kind of support offered beyond that point. One of the ideas that's uh, that seems to have emerged is not only increasing the existing uh, windfall tax, the energy levy that's been uh, levied on oil and gas uh, UK uh, companies, uh, which is 25%, increase that to 35%. That's one of the uh, things that's come out. And then also extend it to electricity generators, which um, when Rishi Sunak, because he was Chancellor at the time, when he announced the energy windfall tax, he stopped short of going after the electricity generators but now it looks like Hunt and Sunat will do that and slap a 40% levy on those firms, which will raise a lot of money over the next years. And as well as increasing it for those oil and gas companies who have already been whacked by that tax, it will also be extended for a further two years, so beyond 2025 to 2027, 2028. So that's definitely in the mix. In terms of other tax rises, I think most of them are going to come by stealth. So rather than slapping a penny on income tax for everyone or going back to that national insurance rise, which was scrapped by Liz Truss after her brief time in, in, in number 10, the way that I think that Hunt is going to do it is by freezing these thresholds on income tax across the board, also reducing the point at which the top rate of income tax, the 45p rate, that contentious, if you think back to the quasi quarting mini budget where it was going to be abolished completely, uh, now, Jeremy Hunt's looking at pulling that down from £150,000 a year to £125,000. So if you earn £125K, you could be paying the 45p rate on your salary from after the autumn statement or from whenever that kicks in. So some stealthy tax measures, along with those windfall taxes, will do much of the heavy lifting, I think, in trying to plug that black hole. Before we look at the potential cuts... Is VAT an area that the Chancellor might explore to try to sort of plug that gap? It's a good question. It hasn't really come up, has it, at all in all of the speculation that we've seen. I think there is a, um, there's a, an obvious problem with VAT is that while it is very effective at raising lots of money, um, at a time of such high inflation, and we'll get the latest inflation figures for October tomorrow, but if you go back to the September figures, it was... 10.1%. When inflation is so high to then whack VAT up on top of that, I think will have exactly the wrong effect. It will send the wrong message. It will have the effect of inflating prices further. So I think that while it would be very tempting, I think, for them to do that because it's not income taxes and you could maybe just you know give relief to some uh, lines of products, some goods, some industries, I think, you know, never say never, but I don't think that is factoring in, in the Chancellor's thinking at the minute. We know that the Chancellor is looking to sort of do an almost half and half with tax rises yes. and spending cuts. Do we know what spending cuts could be in the pipeline? Yeah, I think, you know, the slight majority of the sort of money that Hunt is looking to raise and save is is going to come from government's spending cuts, department spending cuts. You know, it's already been branded Austerity 2.0 in a nod back to the George Osborne, David Cameron Austerity era. 
back in the coalition. I mean, I think, again, this is going to be sort of widely spread. The pain is going to be widely spread. I mean, clearly, National Health Service, Health Department, I think they will have their their sort of budgets ring-fenced because of the crisis in the NHS. It would be very difficult for them to cut funding and departmental spending in real terms there. But if you go back to what the government said in March, it was going to increase spending in cash terms, in real terms, by 3.7% up to 2024, 2025. I think the most likely thing is that you'll see Hunt freeze that, or maybe even there will be a smaller increase, something around 2%, which, of course, in real terms, with inflation at 10%, will be a very, very heavy real terms cut. So that will really put departmental spending under a great deal of strain. It will put public sector pay under a great deal of strain. It's already under strain, as we know. And then kicking that down the road to sort of 2028 in budgets, that will sort of save him tens of billions of pounds towards that 55 billion pound fiscal black hole. So I think that is the way that I think Hunt will play it. But, you know, while health will be ring fenced, other departments... Uh, well, not. And, you know, look at defence. That was promised by Liz Truss and Rishi Sunak, I think, during the leadership election that they would go to sort of 3% of GDP in terms of defence spending. I think that's going to be very difficult to reach now, very difficult to commit to, even though you've got the situation in Ukraine and concerns over global security and, and so on. So I think there's going to be some very, as I go back to that phrase, eye-wateringly difficult decisions for government departments. Do you think there could be any surprises, any rabbits out of the hat, as it were, for the Chancellor to, to pull out on the day, on Thursday? Well, I think the sort of better news, if it if you can class it as that, may be that there's now a wide expectation that Hunt will, you know, to help pay for, you know, having made such swinging cuts elsewhere and tax rises elsewhere. One of the reasons he wants to do that is so that he can stand up in the House and say he is going to uprate benefits in line with inflation, even though it's 10.1% at the moment, because that has obviously been a a real concern. And Rishi Sunak has repeatedly said since he came into number 10 that he will do his utmost to protect the most vulnerable. And so uprating benefits in line with inflation will certainly be a step towards that. The other thing which we should expect is him to confirm the triple lock on pensions, which would mean, again, uprating pensions in line with inflation by 10.1%. Because under the triple lock, which is a 2019 Tory manifesto commitment, pensions should increase by 2% annual wages increases or by inflation, whichever one is the larger. So here, because inflation is so rampant, you know, there's been this big debate about whether the Treasury could really afford to uprate pensions, state pensions by that amount, but they are looking like they're going to do that. So those are two things. And then on the energy cap, which you asked about earlier, is that the plan will be, I think, to, for, for Hunt to give some sort of nod on future support beyond April when the current support, the £60 billion package of support, which has capped energy prices just over 2300 I think, from memory, that I think there will be more targeted support for the most deprived households in the UK. So those who are on benefits, disability payments, that sort of thing, they will clearly get greater support. The question then is, what do the rest of us get, those who aren't on benefits? How will energy bills, which look like they're going to continue to rise into next year, how will they mitigate that? Where will the cap be set? Because that will obviously put a great deal of strain on people's households, but then also on the economy as it's trying to fight off a recession in the second quarter of next year. 
Let's take a break now. In part two, Tina McKenzie from the Federation of Small Businesses explains why so many are struggling to stay open. We know that one in five small businesses in the UK today tell us from our survey they've got less than a month's cash reserves. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season, when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now, wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Joining me now is Tina McKenzie from the Federation of Small Businesses. So Tina, what exactly are businesses, and specifically those in the hospitality sector, hoping for from the autumn statement? Well, I think they're actually hoping, believe it or not, for a bit of help. The messages out there have been very negative. All we've heard from, um, I guess, from government is that We need to cut back, we need to scale back, we need to reduce spend, and we need to increase taxes. And I think for, especially hospitality across the country, coming out of COVID, you know, I think a lot of businesses are cutting down the days that they're open, cutting down the hours that they actually work. And so, you know, when you talk about taking, increasing taxes on profits, well, that's one thing that I think most businesses may understand. However, when you're looking at the business environment that we're in right now, where you know, even with the energy cap, energy costs are up. Inflation is still, even though it's a 10% production producer inflation, is closer to 22%. The supply chains are, you know, really um much more bureaucratic than they used to be. It's harder to get goods from Europe post-Brexit and you know we're getting tariffs that we didn't have before. So what government support could help our small and medium businesses stay open for the duration? There are a lot of things for us that the government could do to help small businesses and help businesses like hospitality that doesn't necessarily cost a lot of money. You know there's some things that don't cost anything so for example if you effectively mandated big business and local government paying their bills on time, you would really help small businesses because a lot of small businesses are waiting for big businesses and for local government and national government to pay their bills. And that's not on because it's actually cash flow is one of their biggest issues. We know that one in five small businesses in the UK today tell us from our survey they've got less than a month's cash reserves. And based on where we're at now, What would it take for big swathes of businesses across the country to actually shut up shop? Going into the pandemic, we were sitting at about 5.9 million businesses in the UK. And today we're sitting, well, the last figures of six months ago were 5.4 million. 
Now, we don't know what the latest figures are, how many more have closed down. So we've already had over half a million businesses closed down. We've already felt that in the last couple of years. And that's, you know, near on 10% of businesses in the UK. I mean, that's that's shocking. Absolutely shocking. And the question really is, if the government decide to increase taxes, well, that's that's what it is. You plan for that. You put the prices up accordingly, you know. But if they don't do something to help businesses right now today that are saying, you know what, I can't cover business rates. I'm a small micro business. I can't do it. Even if they were to help John, the smallest businesses, those micro businesses, because they are our medium and big businesses of the future. Remember, all big business was once a small business and you don't really want to cut off that potential growth. And the government get it. They keep saying economic growth, economic growth. And you look around you know, the rest of Europe and and America, and there's a push on economic growth. What else can you do to help business? And all I'm hearing right now is increase in taxes and a reduction in, in spend. There isn't any innovative ways or any, any other focus on business. And that's why I'm saying to the government, please put a focus even on late payments because that would really help businesses and it doesn't cost you a penny. There's more news, interviews and analysis in the evening Standard newspaper and at standard.co.uk. That's The Leader. Thanks for listening. We're back tomorrow afternoon at four o'clock. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.